Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CME curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Hi, my name is Manesh Patel from Duke University. I'm here for Duke Heart on the Go. We're at the European Society of Cardiology meeting, and we're going to be talking about the Invictus trial. I'm joined by a friend, colleague, and co-faculty member, Renato Lopez. Renato, tell us about the Invictus trial. Great. Thanks, Manesh, for having me. Um, for sure, one of the most important trials of the meeting, because no one, including us, I believe, um, could never have guessed the results of these trials. And I think that illustrates why we do and why we need randomized trials to guide practice. So basically, um, you're right. Uh, the Invictus trial study a population that were not studying the AFib, the classic pivotal DOAC AFib trials, which is patients with primarily uh, moderate to severe mitral stenosis. So rheumatic disease with primarily mitral stenosis. And comparing DOAC versus warfarin. In this case, the DOAC was rivaroxaban. And for our surprise, this was this to be a non-inferiority trial of rivaroxaban versus warfarin. So really expecting that rivaroxaban would be as good as warfarin and maybe better. And what we found is actually the opposite, that warfarin was better with about 20% relative risk reduction in the primary endpoint, which was a composite of chemistry, uh, stroke, systemic embolism, MI, and uh, death for uh, vascular causes. And these results were also um, positive for death alone. So about 20% reduction in all-cause death and about 20% reduction in uh, ischemic strokes. So really, really striking findings because nobody could have expected that warfarin would beat rivaroxaban in this clinical setting. Yeah, and tell us a little bit about the population, Renato, because this population of patients with mitral stenosis were, in fact, not as high risk for stroke as some of our AFib patients, but they had a high mortality rate. So there's certainly a disconnect here about some of these patients. Tell me what, about this population. Correct. You're absolutely correct. You're absolutely right. The main driver of the difference was in mortality, and that's the most striking results. And uh, we don't know. Still, we still don't know the reasons for that. We have some uh, hypotheses, but um, this patient's pop, this patient population is much younger, about 50 years of age, not the 70, 75 that the typical AFI patients. We had about 72 percent of women, and about 40 percent were chest vets zero to one. So really. Not a lot of comorbidities, but yet really high mortality rate and a really marked difference in mortality favoring warfarin uh, compared to rivaroxaban. So really not expected. Yeah, and so what are the next steps? How will we tease this out? I guess the big take-home message is for patients with mitral stenosis, rheumatic heart disease, warfarin is still the, the thing you have to use these patients because it seems clearly to be better. So that's message one. And then the message, too, might be around how will we learn from this so we understand how to do better. Correct. Well, I think there are at least uh, some lessons learned. First, we learned that uh, controlling well TTR, uh, having good TTRs, because, again, the differences uh, in mortality and the primary endpoint in favor of orphan is started to happen about two years, which is exactly when the TTR was better controlled. So this might have contributed some, not for the entire explanation, but sort of some of this uh, might be explained by that. So good TTRs, 
if you can if you can tolerate warfarin, warfarin works really well. I think that's one of the messages. The second message is that rheumatic heart disease, Manash, might be a different animal. And we have never studied very well this disease. And maybe this is time to do better studies, more studies, including mechanistic studies around rheumatic heart disease because it affects about 40 million people worldwide. So uh, I think one of the messages that we, we might need to have better studies in this field. So those are two important messages. And third, homework for the investigators. I think they're going to have to come up with a lot of sub-analysis to further clarify some of the issues and shed some lights um, around the mechanism of these findings. Fantastic, Renato. I love the messages. I love the homework assignments. I love all of it. But it's been fun to be at ASC. And we thank you all for tuning in for Ducard on the Go from the European Society of Cardiology. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME Incorporated, and is part of our Minute CME curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash CME. Thank you for listening.